This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Greetings, I am Barry. If you're searching for answers, spiritual help, clairvoyant readings, healings, crystals, books, incense, or jewellery, you need to go to Infinity, Hamilton Spiritual Centre, in the new premises at 550 Anglesey Street, or you can phone us on 838 1838. This is your link between this life and the next. Become the change the world needs today. Can you hear Greetings, I am Barry. This is the voice we're in for another week. As some of you may be aware, the solstice was on the 22nd on Tuesday. Um, so this is Pam Gregory, and she's talking today with another guy called David Farrell, who is a, a, a plant shaman. Hi everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Astrology Show on the Wisdom Hub channel. It's my great pleasure to be once again in discussion with the beautiful, lovely Pam Gregory. This is our fourth uh, show this year, working with the Equinox and Solstice Energies. And it's been an absolute humdinger of a year, for sure. And I'm sure I speak for many people in just giving absolute gratitude and thanks, Pam, for all, all that you do for us all, how many people, how many of my friends have been guided uh, by your astrology, by your work. And yes, you know, so it's an absolute delight to be here with you once again. And yeah, let's get into what's going to happen with the winter solstice and what's coming next in 2022. Wow. Thank you so much, David. Always an absolute joy to connect with you. Lovely to be here. Um, so I know you're a long way away at the moment. So, okay. I just want to kind of back up a little before I talk about the winter solstice, because there's so much astrology happening this month, you know, and we're, we're already a week in. So we've got kind of three weeks to go of a lot of, a lot of things happening. Um, on the 11th, Venus comes to conjunct Pluto in Capricorn and Capricorn is the sign of banking, big business, finance, stock exchange, that kind of thing. Venus is to do with currencies. So with Pluto then again on Christmas Day, 25th, and then again, 3rd of March. So this is going to raise a lot of issues around finances and um, the economy and stock markets. And some of you may be aware I did a video on the U.S. Pluto return because really all of this energy is feeding into that. Because if you look at the so-called birth chart for America, 4th of July, 1776, Philadelphia, 10 past five in the afternoon, they are going through what's called their Pluto return. So Pluto has about a 246, 248 year orbit. It's coming back to its so-called natal place of 1776 exact in February, continuing through 22 and 23. We are into that energy already, and Pluto in that chart is in the second house of the country's economy. 
and a whole bunch of other stuff I could talk about that is really signaling we're into some rock and roll with um, possibly global markets, a lot of changes in um, finance that could be moving much more to blockchain and independent. I want to say we're moving towards financial systems rather than just a financial system singular. But anyway, we will see what happens around then. But my, uh, you know, just if we look to say um, Evergrande, that very large Chinese property company, that has been hanging on a thread for some months. It actually did miss its last loan debt um, payment. Um, at the moment, I think the Chinese government is scrabbling to get money from the central bank to bail it, you know, to hold it up because. If Evergrande goes down, biggest property company and property accounts for 15% of the Chinese economy, that is going to be global financial contagion. And it's, so it's quite precarious. It may not be Evergrande that, that triggers it, but I've got my eye on that because it's going to be something that triggers a series of, of events, I think. And then on the 16th of the month, we have um, Mars coming to conjunct the South Node. Now, Mars has approximately a two-year orbit, and we don't have a kind of drastic event every two years, but it has historically thrown up um, some very powerful events like 9-11. For instance, Mars was conjunct the South Node. So that's on the, on the 16th. And then we start to um, run in, really, to the, the, the solstice, the winter solstice, um, winter in the Northern Hemisphere when the sun enters Capricorn. And... You know, David, you will know better than I what high energy is happening around these equinoxes and solstices. I mean, it's just it's just built higher and higher and higher. And when I was interviewing Zach a couple of months ago, I said to him, is the energy around this winter solstice going to be particularly strong? And um, the answer was, yes, it won't just be, you know, for a couple of days. It will be from the 15th of December till the 11th of January, almost four weeks. That's extraordinary. That's incredible. And, you know, I'm sure you're feeling that, too, because this is highly charged evolutionary energy that we're, we're about to step into next week. And I'm sure you're feeling that in every cell of your body, David. Yeah. Yeah, I, I find it interesting when I was doing the preparation for this discussion, actually, Pam, and, and just reviewing your recent videos. And you mentioned about the, um, the recent discussion you had with Zach and about this four weeks that starts in just a few days time. And I feel like the, the recent eclipse actually was almost like the preview for that in some ways. And, and perhaps we'll talk a little bit about that later on. But the, this, this process that we're in now is incredibly high energy, high frequency, and it's affecting us all in different ways. Uh, in, in some really beautiful ways, but also in some challenging ways. And I think it's interesting that Zach highlighted this four-week period because uh, I, I guess for the last couple of years, it's this particular period we're in now that to me has always seemed to be the pivotal point. And, and you yeah. referred to it as the tipping point, right? Yeah, I think we are just going over the pivot point of the seesaw. So that's why the energy feels so incredibly intense. And I think the energy will be very different next year to how it's been in the last two years, 2020, 2022. And I'll get into that um, uh, a little bit later. So, you know, if I look at the, um, the chart for the Capricorn solstice, and I've set this for uh, New York, so it's EST time, um, Eastern Standard Time, 10.45 in the morning. Um, and the sun, because it's it's just entering Capricorn, is also, remember, conjunct the galactic center, which the full moon in 
Gemini is on the on the 19th as well. So looking at the, the Gemini full moon on the 18th or 19th of December, um, that is right on the galactic center. Galactic center is at 27 of Sagittarius. The sun, sun and moon are always opposite at a full moon. The sun is conjunct the galactic center exactly, and the moon is opposing it. So when planets align to the galactic center, we are able to access more, more galactic information, more higher consciousness information that can, can come into us. And of course, that's always the case at a solstice or equinox as well. So this is kind of setting us up for the Capricorn solstice. Um, in addition, this is happening in Gemini. The moon is in Gemini, and that is the sign of choices. So this could highlight the choices people have made. Gemini is also the twins, you know, it's do I take this path or do I take that path? And that's very clear, I think, across the world in society now. Which path have you taken? Have you taken one path that was possibly driven more by fear or have you taken the other path that was driven by love, which may feel invisible, like the fool stepping off the, the cliff? You know, we're doing this on trust. We're doing it on belief. We're doing it on I've just got to follow my heart and follow love and that will lead me. And that's a kind of, we've never stepped into a future that's so invisible. So it's a big, big act of trust. And I think that's what that full moon is, is highlighting really big time. But it's very expansive as well. The moon is very tightly trying to Jupiter, very, very expansive. And then we come on to the winter solstice. And as I say, I've set that chart for uh, this is when the sun enters Capricorn and I've set that for New York Eastern Standard Time 1045 in the morning so the sun is still on the great attractor uh, sorry on the galactic center um, at uh, because it's just tipped into Capricorn but essentially it's still conjunct the galactic center so this galactic energy is is very very strong um, and it's sextile the sun is um, very tightly sextile Jupiter which is almost at the anoretic degree of Aquarius, almost at that last degree of Aquarius. So it's highlighting the future, the vision, um, but also things like freedom and human rights are coming in very strongly here as well. They're going to be highlighted here. So, and I think the other thing which is very interesting is at, at the time that the sun enters Capricorn, the moon is in late Cancer. It's almost 26, 27 degrees of Cancer. And that means that the moon is opposing that Venus-Pluto conjunction at 25, 26 of Capricorn. It's a very tight opposition. So it's highlighting, it's shining a light on all the things I've just mentioned with Venus-Pluto. It can be around intensity in relationships. It can be an old lover, <clears throat> an old flame tips up. But if I'm looking at mundane astrology, this is around the economy, finance, banking, currencies, etc. Highlighting this and people feeling intense about it. And also a certain sense of vulnerability. Cancer is quite a vulnerable sign. And once the moon, it's almost like a pincer movement to the moon because the moon has two very um, obsessive, powerful aspects called quindiciles, 165 degree aspects. Moon has a quindicile to Mercury and Capricorn, and it also has a quindicile to Saturn in Aquarius. So what that is saying to me there are attempts with all of that Capricorn energy, three plants in Capricorn, there are attempts 
at greater control. I think we're going to hear in the UK this afternoon that may be the case, you know, running into this whole period and Christmas, greater attempts at control, rules and regulations for your own safety, etc. But there's going to be a lot more upset about that. And I feel a lot more rebellion. Last year, we've had a long running square between Eris and Pluto. So Eris is at 24 of Aries squaring Venus Pluto. And the square to Pluto has been running for two years, as I say. So Pluto's top down control from government. Eris is the street fighter. She's feisty. She will do anything to win. She hates inequality. She hates injustice. She is the truth teller. And she's also about um, how we need to stop fooling ourselves or being fooled. So I think there are going to be certain kind of revelations coming to light at this time. What's also very interesting is that moon opposing Venus Pluto, square to Eris on one side, is actually a cardinal grand cross, because on the other side, sometimes I mention her, sometimes I, I don't, we have a wonderful dwarf planet called Homea, and she is a very strong symbol for New Earth, linked to the Hawaiian goddess of fertility, can produce babies from all over her body, symbol of regeneration, renewal, can produce food from the land, even if it's laid waste. She is our symbol of New Earth. So this is a cardinal grand cross. This is about people wanting to take action, the old world collapsing, because that Eris Pluto square is going to make sure of that, reinforced by the Saturn Uranus square, which I'll talk about in a moment. But yet we have this new birth. We have this cleansing, purging of the old systems and Homer sitting there like a, she's even egg-shaped. I mean, astronomically, that's true. She's egg-shaped. Right. You know, she's going to produce new birth. And also we have the Saturn Uranus square, which has been running all year, that's going to become exact again on the 24th of December, Christmas Eve. Saturn is, again, rules and regulations, the past, control for your safety. Uranus is the future. Freedom, sovereignty, autonomy, the maverick. No, I'm not going to obey the rules. And ultimately, Uranus will always win, not only because it represents the, the future and Saturn, the past, but because it's the further out planet. And indeed, that in that square, I think Saturn has had the upper hand in 2021. My sense is, for several reasons that I'll go on to if you want me to, that Uranus has the stronger hand in 2022. So I see this winter solstice as, as really pivotal. I think we all feel it. There's a massive surge of evolutionary energy, maybe the biggest we've ever experienced so far. And that is going to accelerate the collapse, but it's going to take us on one tidal wave of evolution. Yeah. And we've just got to stay on the surfboard. How do you feel, David? Uh, well, yeah. Replied or excited? Yes. Uh, excited. Uh, um, yeah, mostly excited, if I'm honest. Um, uh, the surfboard analogy is a great one. Uh, you know, sometimes we ride the wave and sometimes we get dunked, right? You know, and I guess when we get dunked into the surf, it's important to get back on the board and pick the next wave and ride that one too. So, I mean, it, it's the, the astrology, Pam, is intense, right? You know, you, you've covered so much there, I think, in the space of 10 minutes that I'm, I'm not sure you know what to respond to first um, you know but uh, 
I'm in total agreement with you. You know, the, the energy is very, very intense. I, I, I personally find equinoxes and solstices very intense because there's actually an elemental energy shift in the earth on the equinoxes and the solstices. Yeah. So I find it interesting that this winter solstice will be shifting from earth back into air, which is also more about, uh, about the mind, about uh, higher, higher consciousness. But I also find it interesting about the Gemini energy too, you know, choices, which choice do we make? Do we choose, like you said, do we choose to be in a place of fear? Do we choose to be in a place of love? Do we choose to follow our own narrative or do we choose to follow the narrative that's being given to us from an external source? I also like the Gemini energy because what was true for me yesterday may still be true for me today, but might be a slightly different truth from the one I'm working with yesterday. And so I feel that, that that's a really important uh, aspect too, because you know, it's important to let go of stuff. It's important to let go of belief systems. It's important to let go of previous structures. And what may have worked for us previously in our life maybe doesn't anymore. And it's okay to say that. And it's okay to change your mind about something, you know. I think it's important to have principles that you stick to and ethics that you stick to. But at the same time, you know, what worked for me five months ago, five years ago, maybe doesn't work for me now. And that's okay. And it's okay to say that. And it's okay to say I let it go, you know. So I think this motif of choices is really, really important and, and ha how to ride the waves and let go of those things that no longer serve us right and and the choice is is an internal one or an external one do i choose to work with the internal energies um and work with them in the outside world or do i let the external energies come in and drive the internal narrative so you know there's a lot going to happen right in the next three weeks and, and the motif of tidal waves and tsunamis whether it's literally water and flooding as you've talked about in previous videos or whether it's a tidal wave of emotions i, I think both are, are equally likely um I, I do feel that the uranus energy is going to start triggering stuff in the earth um that's long been something that i've been shown in in my journeys meditations my plant work is that there will be seismic activity both in the consciousness of humans but also actually within the earth and, and that's important this is a time yeah. of cleansing, a time of purging and a time of collapse of the old structures. And, and we mustn't be afraid of that. You know, if we want to go to a new earth, we have to allow the old earth to fall and implode, collapse, restructure itself. And, and that's OK. You know, from the ashes of the old, the sort of the phoenix can rise and give birth to something new. And I think it's wonderful, all of the different dwarf planets energies that you talk about and how they're often linked to indigenous cultures and and rebirth and Pomeo and all of these kinds of different um different types of astrological energies i think is really interesting as we move into this new space so yeah you know it's it's exciting it's daunting but most of all i think it's it's an opportunity an opportunity for us all to grasp with both hands and say what do i choose for myself yeah, I think that's so important and beautifully, beautifully said. And what will help us at this solstice is that Mercury is very tightly trying to Uranus. So, again, you know, downloads, insights, flashes, galactic information, new brilliant ideas, genius ideas, original ideas that are going to carry us through. And just to really echo what you were saying about is the authority external or is it internal? Because that's really the process of Pluto moving through Capricorn to say, just just let's have a look and see how um, how transparent, how accountable, um, how high the principle and integrity of external authority um, has been and continues to be or not. And therefore shift your own inner authority and operate from that point. And that's the only way to go. 
And, you know, the longer we try and hang on to the old because the the, the future is invisible, the longer we're delaying something, which is going to be absolutely amazing for all of humanity. And and, and this is really about creating a, a, a new alternative society. That is already happening right now. All across the world, this is happening. Grassroots up, embryonic, simple things, people connecting. That's what's happening.
Simply Love from the Circle of Life album. Now back to Pat and David. So, you know, it's a very powerful energy. And as you know, if Zach is correct, and this is going to last till 11th of January, I mean, my goodness gracious. And the year could go out with a bang, I think, David, because Mars comes to cross the degree of the total solar eclipse on the third, fourth. It crosses the degree 12 of Sagittarius. Um, and that is a pretty assertive energy. Um, you know, we always get some activation when Mars does that. And that's, I believe, on the, um, the 29th, 28th, 29th. Just before that, we've also got uh, Mars coming conjunct to the fixed star Antares, which is pretty violent too. So something could happen that's quite big and assertive. Jupiter moves into Pisces, which is going to be beautiful on the 29th of the month. And this could start to bring in a, you know, another spiritual surge, but it could also be a lot of emotion. It can be a lot, you know, because Pisces is super sensitive and emotional. So this, this, the next three weeks are so multi-layered and complex and dynamic. It's, it, it's just a blizzard, really. It's, it's just incredible. It, it absolutely feels like that, Pam. You know, it's, it's a, an emotional blizzard. It's a blizzard on the news. And, and in Britain, from what I'm seeing, well, I'm blessed to be here in Mexico right now. But it literally looks like a blizzard, you know, people losing power. <laughs> uh, you know, st- we had there was Storm Arwen and then there's been Storm Barra. And, uh, you know, the, the names are endless, right? But the, the, there's a lot of bad weather. And I feel that that's something that we should kind of factor into our preparations as we all move through these next few weeks is how prepared are you for internal change? How prepared are you for weather changes, climate changes? You know, uh, climate change conversation is a whole different piece altogether. But, you know, we are in the depths of winter as we head towards solstice. This is the dark moment of the year. But also as we come to Christmas Day is the return of the sun. You know, and that's when the light starts to come back strongly. And and for me, the, the energy is very clear that there are two sort of motifs to work with here one is is the light that is becoming increasingly available and, and the the recent eclipse was incredibly powerful so much light so much unconditional love available um but also it depends where we put our attention if we're getting pulled into the more sinister narratives that seem to be permeating our world right now we can be consumed and overwhelmed by those but if we put our attention i think more internally and hold a clear anchor and center for ourselves then then the potentiality is vast and, and you know this four weeks that zach talked about and the energy of the full moon with the galactic center the galactic energies the possibility for creation for a new earth is there it's palpable you know and all we have to do is really just sit and perhaps make a little sacred space for ourselves and just go into a place of meditation and, and really just see where we're at are, are we in that place of light and love or are we in a place of fear you know, are we getting attuned to the lower frequencies? Are we wondering, you know, whether our government is really having a Christmas party or not? Does it really matter? All of that kind of crazy stuff that the news just seems to churn out, which is really just a huge distraction, right? You know, I mean, I don't follow the news too carefully, but as I was joking with you before we jumped on this call, it's just like, it's an amusement, right? It's a movie. It's almost a comedy at times. And I think that the more that we can view it in that way and be the eagle on the perch, rather than being in the actual soup, the more we can start to observe it for what it really is, which is a huge distraction and it's pulling us out of our own centres. So as we move through these next few weeks, yes, it's a blizzard for sure, but it's one that if we can hold our centre in and really just go inwards with the technology, and you've talked about this actually on previous videos, the inner technology, the natural technology 
that our ancestors, our so-called primitive ancestors had, is, is way, way more advanced than anything we're currently working with that's been produced by AI. And, you know, you said it so beautifully, David. And, you know, it, it, I was thinking this morning, I was thinking, you know, are there very difficult, fearful, dystopian timelines? Absolutely. See it right there. Absolutely. Are there exquisite, high-frequency spiritual futures? Absolutely. In fact, there are a myriad of timelines. And all we're doing is getting frequency matches. That's how it's really simple principle. The universe is a mirror. So whatever we're focused on, we're activating and energizing for us as well as the collective. That's what we're going to get back in our lives. If we're focused on the fear, you're going to get more of that coming in. You know, it's just like repeat, repeat, repeat. You're just, there was some wonderful Chinese proverb about your thoughts of today are your tomorrows. Mm. And that's so true. You know, your focus is creating your tomorrow. So we've got to get much more disciplined, I think, much more focused as humanity, because in general, you know, what the Internet has taught us, it's been is so amazing for connection. But it teaches us to have the attention span of a hamster. And what we're not good at is is holding one pointed focus. And if we could do that, we'll make another jump right. in our evolution, I think. And you've also touched on another point that I'd like you to expand on a little bit with the astrology, which is is uh, grassroots and uh, tri- tribal connections on a spiritual level. Because what I've been experiencing myself over the course of this year, and I'm sure this is the same for you and many others watching this uh, this video, is that once we start to operate at a certain frequency, we naturally start to draw people to us or we get drawn to other people who are resonating at a similar frequency. And, and that, for me, has been a huge part of this year. Is, is a kind of a, a process of really seeing who my soul family are, those that I resonate with, those that I can talk freely with, those that I don't have to edit my conversations with. Uh, and, and as a consequence, that's opened up some amazing spaces for, for meditation work, like some of this did on the eclipse. And once we are into that space, then we can start to communicate in a different way that is much more fifth dimensional. So perhaps you can expand on that through how you see it in the astrology. Yeah, beautiful. And I think that's absolutely vital as we go through these times to find your tribe, find your people of, of like mind. And as you say, it can happen automatically as a frequency match or, you know, you can do a bit of hunting, but that will be so supportive, particularly if you've taken the invisible off the cliff edge route, because people tend to turn up to those groups saying, I thought I was all on my own. And, you know, hey, presto, I've now got a whole bunch of friends that live not very far away but actually all think the same as me. And that's the beginning. These are the little little hubs of light that are starting to organize themselves, get some land, plant some food. The teachers in the group are saying, do you know what? I think I'll, I'll act as a teacher for homeschooling your kids because I'm now available because I've stepped out of the, you know, the mainstream system. Um, whole new legal system is now emerging based on common law. You know, all kinds of stuff. And yes, it's embryonic. Yes, we're in early days, but that's very Uranian. It's we want to do it our way. We want sovereignty, autonomy, and we will come together in community and collaboration in high frequency and create. It will no longer be top down Capricorn. We're done with that. It's going to be grassroots up. And so these hubs of light are going to be forming all over. And they are 
but they're also connecting in a network because the Uranus is always also about the, you know, the network as well and sharing information, et cetera, et cetera. So this is really exciting because you can create whatever you want to create based on principles of love, mutual respect, trust, compassion, et cetera. So, you know, very high principle that we're starting to create a new world. from, And I think it's going to be wonderful. Yeah, and actually something else is perhaps worth bringing into this and, and maybe other people are having a similar experience and even between, you know, me and you is we've never met in person yet. We've managed to do a whole lot this year together and connected in a wonderful way. And that's been true of many people that I've connected to, quite a few for actually doing these interviews with you this year that I've met, never met in person. Yet I have a, a group of beings, of humans that I'm deeply connected to on an energetic level that I've never met and I'm just like that. That to me is also something really incredible, and it's because the resonant frequencies are congruent with each other. And I think that that's also something that we will see more of as we move in into the future. Is we don't necessarily have to be together in person to do amazing things together. Yeah, and Uranus also rules the internet, and I think it could well be that there are different internets. We can have different financial systems, different blockchains, different crypto. Um, you know, very obvious reasons. So, yeah, Uranus for me is going to be in a much stronger position next year. And that means next year is probably much less stable on a 3D level. It's because the old systems that we have been foundational in our lives are going to be collapsing. So, you know, where do I find my foothold? But again, it's just trusting your frequency. You know, it's, it's, it's hitching your wagon to a star and saying, that's where I'm headed. And I'm going to manifest that. Because um, the other reasons that Uranus, I think, is becoming stronger is it goes direct on the 18th of January. But in January as well, for the next 18 months, the nodes move into Taurus, North Node and Taurus and South Node and Scorpio. So that strengthens that Uranian energy because the North Node has moved into that same sign. Indeed, Uranus is very tight on the eclipses, 30th of April and 8th of November next year, solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse. Mm -hmm. So the Uranian energy is highlighted there. And actually in the last week of July, first week of August, you've got a conjunction between Mars, Uranus and the North Node. Woof, I mean, really explosive exciting and this could also be because it's taurus this could be about new alternative currencies i mean i'm very aware that all the central banks have already invented a you know in the uk it's britcoin not bitcoin you know they've all got um a digital currency ready to go but the whole point of cryptos originally was independent currencies so again we have to tread carefully do we want to be back in the centralized system or do we want some kind of independent crypto system yeah. so i think there's going to be a lot of financial change economic change turmoil etc radical changes in values and yes you've mentioned it already david not being attached and that's going to feel quite scary you know can i let go of everything i've known that has structured my life my job my home the area where I, you know you've just got to You've just got to trust that that star that you hitched to. And it is going to feel more unstable, perhaps, than it's ever felt. But it's also going to feel like an incredibly exciting ride on that surfboard. Right. And, and again, you've touched on some really interesting points. I think trust is a major part of this. 
do I trust my own intuitions enough to step away from the job that I had for 20 years inside the system? But also, do I trust enough to realize that maybe that I can do the same work, but outside of the system in, in, in a different community? And I think I would urge everybody right now to look to see where their attachments are into the matrix, the system, the illusion, the spell, because the spell is very, very ubiquitous uh, and it's easy to get caught up in it. And, and yet there's always, always another option, another choice, another alternative. But we have to trust enough in our own intuitions and in the higher forces and all of the astrology that you've talked about to, to know that there is always another option. And I think that's going to be a big part of, of the direction that we all take as individuals and obviously as a collective too. And um, it's interesting you were talking about Bitcoin and it's just like, yes, crypto was meant to be an independent monetary system. And yet it's been absolutely usurped, hijacked, taken over by the system. And so I think we have to be very careful about observing these things going on and really being sure that we are in a place of sovereignty as individuals and as new communities. Yeah, beautifully said. And I, I think the other thing I'd like to say, and I've kind of hinted at it in one of my recent videos is Uranus is connected to, um, you know, these surges of energy, bolts of lightning, EMFs, man-made EMFs, natural EMFs. And um, <laughs> so they, they're connected to coronal mass ejections, M-class storms, solar flashes. I was listening to a guy yesterday, a video, um, and he's, he's at Colvin College in the US. He's, he's clearly um, a cosmologist or an astronomer or something. His name was very hard to hear, but what he had for years he's been studying two binary star systems that are going to merge and cause a supernova explosion. And his maths tell him that's going to happen in 2022, a supernova explosion. These only happen once every 10,000 years. That is pure uranium energy. You know, a, a supernova explosion, you know, it's out in space, it's explosive. But so Uranus has the potential to flip the whole picture. Like all of a sudden your world is totally different whether it's a tsunami, a coronal mass ejection, you know, a supernova explosion, whatever, it, it can just flip the whole game, flip the board, flip the picture. So all of a sudden we're standing in a different world, everything's gone, and we think, wow, but, you know, the energy is amazing. Yeah. And I can't tell you when that's going to happen because Uranus is the planet of surprises. So but it, I, I have a very strong sense we're going to see a lot of this next year. Right. And actually, you just touched on something that I did want to bring up, which uh, I saw a friend uh, post on, on um, one of the social media channels recently um, about a CIA document that has been just recently released. You know, I think it's called the Adam and Eve story, and it's, it's linked to the Smithsonian Institute and how they had been researching for a long time a lot of the hieroglyphics and ancient um, civilizations and had realized that every 6,000 years there is a pole shift. It's actually, um, it's actually there in the records. We know this from much of the work that people like uh, Graham Hancock and Freddie Silver and people have done, you know, uh, which has been really, really important for opening up that, uh, that whole kind of area of discussion and research. But this kind of flipping, you know, it's, it, the scientists are saying that the poles are wobbling like crazy and, and that it's, it's inevitable. And I think you were just telling me earlier there's been a series of earthquakes in America in the last few days. And actually, there's been a lot of earthquakes all over the world recently, which is not particularly unusual. But if we look at what's been going on in Iceland, you know, that looks like a magma bomb waiting to go off. Uh, and so I think that we should always have this potentiality for, for flipping, whether it's Mother Earth is going to flip, whether it's something from uh, outer space that's going to come, 
or whether we flip our internal mechanisms again. And I'm always going to come back to this internal external because I think it's really important. But I feel that we are on the verge of, of a flipping of some description, probably on an individual and a planetary level. And that's on the one hand, potentially very scary, right? Because, you know, uh, there could be a lot of flooding as you've talked about, but also I think this is where we have to come to a place of trust. And I would really uh, urge all of the listeners to really tune into where do they feel they need to be on the earth over these next few weeks, next couple of months, and really trust that even if it seems completely contrary to what the world around you or your friends or your family tell you, follow your instincts, follow your own inner narrative and find the place on the earth where you feel that you should be. Because there are some very powerful places on the earth where we can anchor ourselves into the energy of Mother Earth, but also connect into the galactic energies. And all we have to do is tune in and find that place within ourselves. And then we might already be there. I'm sure many of the, the listeners out there are already in those places. But if you're feeling a little bit lost or unanchored, then this is an opportunity right now before a major flipping might happen. And as you said, you know, there's, there's no guarantees, there's no timelines, there's no sort of place that we can put a sure bet down at the bookies about when this is going to happen. But I feel it is going to happen. And, you know, I think it's interesting that this new piece of information has come out from this kind of released CIA document saying that they know about this. And, you know, there's a lot of focus on Antarctica. A lot of the elites have been visiting Antarctica. I didn't realize just how high Antarctica was. The mountain range in Antarctica is actually comparable with the Alps in Europe. And, you know, uh, without going too far into a rabbit hole discussion, I'm sure that there are some very, very interesting things underneath the ice in Antarctica, which might also get revealed soon with some of the energies that are coming uh, to, to us all. And what's interesting, of course, that total solar eclipse, the eclipse path was over Antarctica. Right. which I mentioned in the video. And the reason apparently that we're having a lot more volcanoes and earthquakes is because of the drop in the magnetic shield of the earth. We don't have that pressure, as it were, on the earth's crust. And that's why it's, um, as I understand it, the earth's core is expanding and it's cracking the crust of the earth. And yeah, absolutely right, David. The, the, the North Pole is apparently moving so fast, they're having to update GPS systems more frequently so that the planes can hit the runway, <laughs> you know, because we'd all kind of go missing a bit, go off piece. So it's, it's really interesting. This, this Uranian energy is so high vibe. It's so galactic. That's what will take us on real leaps and bounds in our evolution. I mean, my, my sense is that, you know, a lot of people are talking about the portals opening. Mm -hmm. I mean, Rory Duff is talking about through his um, master dowsing work, all the energy lines of the earth are strengthening and widening. The dragon lines are waking up. The portals are opening up. You know, this we're moving into an incredibly powerful year of evolutionary change. I mean, unstoppable, not that stable, but wow. And because my sense is almost by the end of 2022, a lot of this collapse will have already happened. And we've got some beautiful um, things coming through. I don't know if you want me to talk about the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. I absolutely do, because I think it's a big part of what we've just been alluding to. But also just to add to that, you know, I've been blessed to have a couple of sessions with Zach, you know, um, that you talk a lot about. And, and we talked about uh, this, this very topic about Earth portals and places on the Earth. And he indicated to me that there are a lot of potential new portals that are currently dormant, but also that they're not particularly that they're new, but they're actually really, really ancient. And I think that's also something really interesting as part of the ascension process is 
through some of my own journey work, I've seen blueprints, templates of all kinds of things, ancient pyramids, not necessarily in the ground as structures, but as aferic structures, almost rising up out of the earth as, as a new blueprint for us to work with. And, and I really feel that a lot of the new earth at an energetic level, particularly in the fifth dimension, are these kinds of blueprints. And I, from what Zach said, it seems as though there are going to be a lot of new places on the earth where there are portals that need to be activated. So again, you know, if you get an intuition to go somewhere on the planet that seems completely out of the blue, I would just follow that because there may be something really important for you as an individual, but also in the process for the earth. So yes, get, let's get into Neptune a little bit more and, and talk about that. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Because this is going to be one of the big, big aspects of next year, as well as Uranus being stronger, I feel. Um, Neptune is already in Pisces. I think it moved in, I think, around 203. But anyway, it is the modern ruler of Pisces. It's already there. Jupiter is the ancient ruler of Pisces. Jupiter ducked into Pisces this year, 2021, from mid-May to end July. And the good thing about that was a lot of the lockdowns eased at that time, but there was also a lot of flooding, particularly in Europe, Germany, Belgium, massive. I mean, cars being swept away, etc. It happens every year, but not necessarily in Pisces. So 1856 was the last time it, it happened at 18 degrees of Pisces. Massive flooding in Europe then, particularly France. So because Pisces is unlimited water, it has no boundary and Jupiter expands and it's coming together with Neptune. Yes, there is the potential for flooding because Jupiter moves into Pisces 29th of December and it stays there till the 11th of May. And then it ducks back in end of October till the end of 2022. So it's really it's those first five months where it's, it's very, very strong. Now, at the lower level of expression, yeah, this can bring up flooding, it can bring up more confusion, more hypnosis, more delusion, more psychosis, etc. But it can also bring up huge compassion. This is absolutely magical. It's kind of otherworldly. It's iridescent colours. It's, you know, higher beings. It's feeling oneness. It's feeling unconditional love. It's connecting to source. It's how can I give of myself? How can I give of my heart? How can I give and be of spiritual service? And it will very much, I believe, sweep away old structures in a tsunami, absolute tsunami. And yes, emotions may be very high, but this is going to create a huge spiritual impulse, surge, jump for many, particularly this is happening at 23 degrees of Pisces. If you have anything between kind of 22, 24, particularly of Pisces, but also Cancer or Scorpio, you are going to feel this. This will carry you on a tidal wave, <laughs> hopefully not literally, but a tidal wave of spiritual um, evolution. Mm. It's going to be amazing. So meditate around that. Watch your dreams. Your dreams are going to be really strong around that time. And um it's a time when people are going to want more spiritual meaning in their life, but it's, it's about a connection to the ethereal and a connection to the divine. Yeah. And that's what I feel will be exquisite. You know, it gives us the opportunity to touch something that maybe in the last two years of density and contraction, we've just lost sight of. So this is another, you know, Uranus is electrical, electromagnetic, galactic, buzzy, surging energy. Jupiter Neptune is just, oh, just bliss. It's the mystic, it's bliss. 
It's let me just sink into the divine and that sense of oneness. It's very, very different. And you put the two together and we are going to be rocking in evolutionary terms for those who want that, um, that trajectory. And so my feeling is that, you know, we're entering some pretty wild, turbulent months, but even by kind of spring, Northern Hemisphere time, kind of April, May time, maybe even March, things will be different. Things will be less contracted by then because I feel that a lot will have collapsed even by then, which is a very short period of time.
Duckless Spotted Eagle and stand at the centre. Yeah, and actually, uh, as you're saying all of this, what's come into my mind is this idea that this winter solstice is almost like the event horizon. The energy has been so, so fast, right? So fast. And so, so much can be done so quickly. So much healing can be done quickly. Manifestation can happen quickly. And I know you talked about your friend on your recent video. You know, we put the prayer out. And as long as we're in that pl place of trust and not a sense of expectation about how it's going to happen, but we just put the prayer out for whatever we need, the most appropriate things that we need, the resources that we need, they always, always come. You know, I've reflected recently on prayers and wishes and dreams that I'd made earlier in my life. And actually, when I looked at them, they'd all come true. You know, uh, some of them might have taken 10, 15 years, but they did come true. And we, we live in a time when the energy is so fast, so, so fast. But also it's been so dense. You know, it, it, we, we've been living in a very dense era for the last several thousand years. But I feel that we're coming to a point now, which I, I believe is winter solstice, and then it's going to go back out. And I feel the energy that you've been talking about, particularly on the full moon, the access to the higher realms, to the galactics, that, that's, that's the onset of that new energy coming. And sure, the new earth is not going to be birthed you know, overnight. Like anything, it's a process. And the civilization that we've been in is collapsing, and that's a process too. But I do feel that we're at this pivotal point. And as the energy comes out of that sort of pincer funnel, I think you called it the birth canal earlier in this, early this year, right? And it's been like that. And, and the birth is about to happen. It's, it's, this, is, this is the point where we can step into that new space. And sure, births can be messy sometimes, right? You know, it's not all necessarily, uh, you know, plain sailing. But I think as long as we can hold on to that new energy as it comes in and really anchor ourselves, and this is important, I think, when we have those higher mind uh, experiences is that we can anchor the frequency that we experience in those moments. So if we have a bad day or we find ourselves on our knees with something, you know, whatever it might be, that we can, in our minds, we can go back to those anchor points, those energetic anchor points. And so we can remember, ah, but it's okay. I know that it's not going to be this messy all the time. It can be like this. And as we move out into the spring of next year, and towards the spring equinox, I feel these energies are start. It is going to be a tidal wave. And I think we can really ride those waves in whatever way works for each of us individually, but also as a collective. Yeah, yeah, really nicely said. And I think also what's just coming to me is I've said it in the past that our reality is much more malleable than we think. You know, we think everything is tangible and fixed and solid and it is all just fine. And the conjunction is going to help to show us how malleable reality really is how we can we we can just flex and change and manifest and shift shape shifting is what i want to say you know it's almost mermaid energy this kind of thing and of course the kuiper belt objects we're starting to learn more about which is a finer higher energy which is very much connected i think to new earth and on the quantum realm and how we create so this is this is magical at its best, this is absolutely magical. And again, we always choose our um, our trajectory of, are we going to live this at the gritty 3D level and be, you know, wish we'd learn to swim better, or are we going to kind of live it at the higher level and just be in divine bliss? Mm, yeah. And I think it's probably just worth, again, reflecting that what we experience in the 3D world is, is the end result, it's already, it's already been cast. The magic has already been cast in the higher realms. And if we are living in the idea that we can change our reality from the 3D up, 
I think we're going to hit problems. Uh, the way I see it, the way I've always seen it in, in the work that I do is that we, we manifest from our dreams, from the fifth dimension, the higher consciousness down. You know, this is the medicine wheel of life. That This is air. We're, we're in a time of air. And if we can really be in that kind of mind space and be clear and uncontaminated in our thinking, in our meditations, then we can really dream in something beautiful. You know, and that's when we move around into fire. That's, that's the energy. That's giving it the energy to make it manifest. You know, and then, of course, in the medicine wheel, we move to water, which is the accumulation, the harvest time. And then it goes back into the earth and the wheel starts again. And when we start to live our life through the natural medicine wheel, working with the elements in this way, we, we can create whatever we want. You know, we, we are unique beings. We, you know, we are the 10th hierarchy. We are godlike beings and we can create whatever we want. That's what makes humans special. We can create into this three dimensional world from our higher minds. And if we can really get into that mode of thinking and be clear. And I think this is also something important that's worth just reflecting on. Again, we have to be clean. We have to be energetically clean. If we are contaminated with lower frequency emotional traumas, particularly I think around fear and guilt and shame, then this is going to contaminate the way that we look at things. And we're going to get caught into that lower frequency thinking. That means that we only believe what we see is happening in the three dimensional world. You know, everything around us is somebody's dream, somebody's, somebody's manifestation the laptops that we're using the book that i'm writing on the table this all started out as somebody's idea at some point and it's become a reality so i think it's it's simple but it's really really important yeah yeah very also it's like you know the architect has a thought an idea about a house then he draws it 2d on a piece of paper and then it becomes 3d and and yes i you know i think Something that occurred to me as you were speaking david is that we have not really ever had a sense of our own power wow. until now what this pandemic has shown us or, or forced us into as a catalyst is we are now discovering our own power in a much bigger way than we ever have before. So I don't think we'd have got to this point if it had all been, you know, same old, same old, going to work, you know, annual holiday, et cetera, et cetera. And you're absolutely right. I mean, 5D is already there in frequency. We've just got to step into that. And I believe that this whole this whole transformation has already happened at the higher level. You know, the light is blazing at that higher level. It's just on earth, some of humanity is saying, no, 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 <laughs> don't show me the light. You know, I want to hang on to this. You know? So we have to be brave enough to step into that light and say we are going to be holding hands mm -hmm. in stepping into that light. Yeah. We are doing this together. This is the power of the people and a great sense of community and collaboration and loving each other. All of our values are shifting from buying stuff and territorial materialism to I want to share and I want to give and I want to be with like-minded people and laugh and hug and be in joy. Yeah. And that's the whole real reorientation, I think. Yeah, and you said something nice in one of your recent videos about the sort of the tuning fork of the three months post-solstices and post-equinoxes. And I think for me, what I've observed across the course of, well, particularly this year, but the last two years, is often what I'm shown in the higher realms happening in the energetic way takes about three months to actually manifest down into the physical world. I observed what I called a sort of a lag, although I feel that the lag has got a lot less. And, you know, that's also something worth sort of thinking about when we're making prayers and dreams sometimes they you know depending on the size of the dream or the prayer they can take a little longer to manifest but as long as we understand that once we put that prayer really really clearly with our minds and intentions and then we let it go we mustn't hold on to how it's going to manifest once we do that we limit 
you know, the universe or great spirits potentiality to deliver us something amazing. And, and speaking from experience, where, when I've done this and just let it go properly, spirit brings the most incredible miracles. I've, I've seen and experienced things in my own life and other people's, but we have to let go and we mustn't try to contort the, the vast infinite possibilities that the universe can give us. And this is the kind of energy that I think is coming with the full moon is this sort of understanding of this you know, not getting too wrapped up into the 3D and trying to move everything around here, but just allow your spirit to rise up into those spaces more freely. Allow your mind to wander into new places of creativity that you perhaps didn't even know that you had. And then see what resonates for you. I think this is really important too, is follow your joy. Don't follow somebody else's joy. Don't follow somebody else's story. Follow yours and do the things that you love. Find the people that you love being around those people that make you feel good, that you want to, you know, reciprocate and mirror back, you know, unconditional love does not have any expectations attached to it. And I think that's also something that many beings, many people are starting to experience is just what unconditional love really is. It, it doesn't require any sense of expectation or needing anything. It just is. Yeah, yeah, yeah really lovely. And also, you know, in terms of the manifestation and time speeding up, yours always speeds time up and it's in the moment, bang, in, like bolt of lightning, you know, flash of lightning, boom, there you go. So it can, it can be extremely rapid. And, and I think that's incredibly exciting to, to, to just really trust that and let go of the old. I had another thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and while you were speaking, it reminded me many years ago, I read a great book um, by German lady, Carology, when you're setting intention to manifest, putting your order into the restaurant kitchen, and then you just trust that your meal is going to come. You don't go into the kitchen, harass the chef and say, have you done it yet? What are the ingredients you're using? I'm not sure I agree with that. And keep going back and forwards to the kitchen to check on him. You just trust that the universe will deliver it and you let it go, as you say. And it was a brilliant analogy. Actually, yeah. Cosmic Ordering Service, great book, quite an old book now, but a brilliant book. A great analogy. And it's simple, but it's true. Right. You know, and, and when we think about things through these analogies, it would be kind of stupid. Right. To do that process that you've just said, if you've gone <laughs> to a restaurant and trusted the great chef to make you a dinner to to be in that process. So why, why <laughs> would we do that with other things that are equally important to us? You know, and, um, as we move into the new earth, and you talked about this on another one of your recent videos. In fact, we talked about it right back at the beginning of the year in the uh, organic versus inorganic uh, piece that we did, is that the technology that is available to us from the natural world, of which we as humans are naturally a part of, is vast. It's vast. And again, this is something I talked uh, with Zach about earlier this year to do with the work that I do with plants. Uh, and this is the technology that plant intelligence has for us, that all of nature has for us, is around us all the time. You know? And so if we want to get into a place of higher mind consciousness, there are plants that can help us with that. If we want to be in a space of being really connected to our dreams, there are plants like mugwort, for example, that we can work with. Or I'm currently working with Mexican wormwood. In fact, just a little story. When I first came to Mexico uh, and was needing some assistance from, from the natural kingdom, what do I find at the, uh, the very gateway to the place that I'm, I'm now living is Mexican wormwood, known as this, the Wattle in the Azteca language. And she just howled at me, hey, here I am. You need to get on board. And so I did a three-week diet with her, made an essence and a bunch of tinctures, and I've been drinking the tea every night, uh, sitting on the steps of my little, uh, my little room looking at the stars and we have an incredible starscape here in, in, in Mexico, you know, really, really clear skies. And that's inspiring just to sit out 
of an evening looking at the vast infinite nature of the universe, drinking a wonderful tea like Mexican wormwood that is thankfully not as bitter as the normal wormwood. But also, again, this is a plant, as I've talked about on previous videos, you know, traditional wormwood, um, Artemisia absinthium, is a plant that can help us cleanse cleanse out parasitic energies that are sucking on our natural energy resources, contaminating our thinking. And so, again, it's follow your intuitions, follow the impulses from nature that bring you to plants. Plants always want to talk to us. And when we talk back, we can find these resonant frequencies that can change our frequency, but also changes their frequencies too. And this is what Zach told me. He said, the plants are equally on a journey as, as you guys are, but the more that we can work together, co-creation, with nature the more that they're going to evolve the more that that plant technology that higher mind uh, plant capacity that we can work with on an internal level we can all be our own shamans we can all be our own physicians we can all be our own healers when we work with the natural kingdom and i think that that's something so profound so beautiful that it's out there and, and it, you know, we don't have to go and see anybody to talk about it or you know to get a, a prescription for something or whatever we can just go and sit and experience that and you talk a lot about going into the forest and being underneath various trees and trees are the most incredibly profound beings very very realized beings but nature offers that in abundance i don't know how many plant and tree species there are in the world but there must be hundreds and hundreds of thousands right for us all to play with yeah and i love that i love that because i know that's your work and you're you, you know you're such an expert at, at that david and i i love that because in the last video i sort of hinted at this of talking about the the life force of nature and the different consciousnesses of different plants and trees, which you're so familiar, you know, this is your bread and butter. But it's so exciting to me to think in New Earth, we are going to be stepping back to that. We're going to be talking to the trees. They are ancient beings with enormous wisdom to guide us. And we've had no sense of that. We just stroll through and think, oh, this is pretty. But we haven't had that depth of, of connection, which the ancient peoples have. And also the, the Kuiper Belt objects are promising with their archetypes. And you, you, you do as daily work. So that excites me incredibly because this is the new health system. Yes. This is the new health system. It's ancient. It's completely natural. And that's going to be our health system going forwards. I agree. And I think as we move through this, this kind of upsurge of, of energy that frees up our energy system, we've been in such a dense world for so long that it's been quite difficult for, for a lot of us probably most of us at some point in life to actually communicate or sit in the place of communication with plants and tree beings. But now as we free up our fields, as we cleanse ourselves, as we get lighter in our vibration, it's much easier for us to have these communications with plants. And, you know, anyone can go out and make a, a flower essence or a plant essence. I'm not particularly special in that regard. I've been doing it for a while, so I've kind of got good at the process. But this is a simple mechanism working with water and sun and pure intention in a co-creative way. And the plants want to co-create. They love working with us. They really, really do. And so this is what Zach said. This is the future of healthcare. And I 100 percent believe, you know, and I've seen it with some of our students, people make connections with the most incredible plants and i think it's really really exciting to see which plants want to connect with which people because it's something about the resonant frequencies and like i said you know people can be nettle shamans they can be mugwort shamans they can you know they can work with the entheogens too but there's so many plants i've got one of my students who works with fleabane that came to her for a very synchronistic series of events but it was exactly what she needed in that moment I'm like, wow, you know, that's incredible. It's like, who would have thought Fleabane can do this, this and this, but on an energetic level, that's what the plant shared. And, and so that's what, you know, that's how it was worked with. And I'm just like, this, 
you know, I, had, I remember at another event I went to, a young guy came to me and said the pineapple weed had been calling him. And I'm like, you know, I said, is that a thing? Pineapple weed? Is it talking to me? And I said, well, it's never talked to me. But hey, it's part of the chamomile uh, family. So yes, probably. And he said, what should I do? I said, go and sit with the plant. Talk to it. Make an essence. Get involved, you know. It's a friendship. It's a relationship and it's alliance, you know. And plants and humans are really not so different. And I think we're going to to really understand that much more in, in the years to come. I find that incredibly exciting. <clears throat> you know, every cell in my being is kind of sizzling. I find that so exciting because I think we'll see nature in, in brighter colours, you know, shimmering, iridescent. And, and we'll hear these different messages. This is something we've lost in modern society. It's just almost a sense that's become deadened or dormant. Um, and that I find so exciting that you can actually start to communicate as you do, David, with these different trees and plants and actually have conversations and deep connections. Mm. You know, this is the shamanic w- w- world. And I can't tell you how excited I feel about that. Good. And, and you know, I hope that through, through these conversations, I hope that we inspire other people to get excited because it's the future and it's not all of the future. But it, it, for me, it's a very exciting part of the future. And, and imagine, you know, being in a space where you are in a field, an energetic field, so to speak, with all of these beings at once who maybe all want to talk to you or some of them want to talk to you. And just being able to shift your dial enough to go and say, OK, this is the frequency of Mugmore. And, I, you know, when we say we have conversations, it's not like having a telephone conversation for an hour even doing a conversation like this with you plants talk to us differently they talk to us through symbology through synchronicities all we have to do is be open enough to see the details of the life around us and for me that's the beauty it brings us really into the present moment plants make us very present because they ask us to be in a place of observation at all times and the more we're in that place of observation at all times the more the present moment expands and of course there is only the present moment right that's the only thing that ever truly exists but, but what an adventure that is. And because in the Western world, well, really, in large, large parts of the world, we've been defined by um, our title, who we are, what we earned, that kind of thing, because the Saturn-Jupiter conjunctions that have kind of defined society for the last 200 years have been in Earth, density, materialism, bricks and mortar, um, money, etc. But now, as of um, December 2020, that whole um, conjunction for the next 200 years roughly has shifted into air. So it's shared experiences. But what you're talking about is such an adventure. Why would I care about the money or the, t- you know, not that I've ever cared very much, but, but why would I care with that quality of adventure and experience? That's a whole new world opening up or frequency and vibration which is modern people we have never truly known. And that is, I'm so excited. I mean, it's mega, I think. Me too. And I think once you start to step into that world more and more, things like money and these kind of lower dense experiences that they just don't seem to be so important. Money comes, money goes, and it's a mechanism. It's just another route for energy to work through. And as long as we're not trying to hold on to it and one of my teachers made a very good point about this. He said, money is, is an energy. And when you hoard it, it goes stagnant. It's not meant to be hoarded. It's meant to flow through you. So, you know, and, you know, this is something I've been doing this year. It's just every time I pay for something, it's kind of like my universal credit system. I'm like, okay, I want to give this freely. I happily pay for this because it's going to pop out somewhere else in the system at another energetic ATM that will come back to me. And the more we're in this place of free flow and abundance, the more it just flows. 
the more we try to hold on to it, it becomes stagnant and becomes something we get attached to. Eventually, that's going to start weighing us down. And we're in a time when that kind of attachment is perhaps going to lead us into making decisions that don't allow us to free up. So I think that's also yeah. important. Yeah, that's Uranus in Taurus, isn't it? Taurus, our values, but it's also fixed earth in terms of attachment and density and hanging on. We may be hanging on to pieces of driftwood in the wreckage, still saying, no, no, I've got to, this is what I know. This is what's familiar. Because Taurus doesn't want things to change quickly. Mm. It wants to keep things as they are because it feels secure and safe and permanent. But it absolutely isn't. With Uranus in, in Taurus, they are difficult bedfellows. It's going to rock that world. And, and we have to go with the higher energy, get onto that evolution at its best. I agree 100%. And I think as my sort of final conclusion for our discussion today, this is a time of high magic. We are living in one of the most magical times that many of us have probably experienced for a very long time here on Earth. And I'm sure many of our listeners and viewers will have had many past life experiences. And and the last few thousand years have been very karmic, very dense, very heavy. But now, because we've done all of this work, we've worked through all of it, we we have the gifts, the rewards. And this always happens when we do the internal work. Is sure it's painful sometimes and sometimes we don't want to let go and sometimes there's resistance. But when we do work through this and we release and we can release really quickly right now, there's always something amazing on the other side. And for me, it's, it's the things we've been talking about. It's the magic of the natural kingdom. It's the magic that our ancestors have left us, that our ancients used to work with. And yeah, it's like, to me, that's just exciting. So rather than focus on the dense, heavy stuff, let's put our attention with the element of air, you know, you said that we're into a 200-year air process. We're about to move into another three-month air process between the solstice and spring equinox. Just let that energy in. Let it flow through you. Work with it and maybe find some plants or essences, whatever, you know, that are going to help you with that. And actually, on that note, third eye and crown chakra are super important right now. And in the dense urban environment, speaking from experience, it's very, very distorted. I found it very, very difficult being in London recently. I couldn't think straight. Once I got out of the city, it cleared. Uh, and just to add that, if you're feeling a bit blocked here or here, it's probably because of very, very strong EMF frequencies that are distorting those chakras. So plants like St. John's War in the crown chakra or wormwood in the third eye just allow you to see and think more clearly. So yeah, get into your mind space. Don't get it into your head, but get into your mind space and allow things to flow. Yeah, beautiful. I really love that. And I, I just love this whole idea of, which has always been there, that nature has everything that we need to heal ourselves. It is ancient wisdom. And I understand, I mentioned this in another video at some point, that if you're planting seeds, I think some naturopaths discovered this, that if you spit on the seed as you plant them, the, the the plant or the vegetable will produce what your body lacks, which is extraordinary intelligence, isn't it? And that's uh, mind-blowing intelligence. Um, so, yeah, these are very, very exciting times, but it's a whole different quality of adventure and energy, totally different from how we've lived our lives up to now. But that's what's so exciting. I agree. And, you know, I think that's a beautiful place to finish what has been another inspiring conversation, Pam. You know, we're, we're in very, very challenging times. But if we can keep being inspired by the things that we've talked about, then then we can live in a different frequency. And, and I think that that's something that uh, I would really urge all of the listeners and viewers just to really sink into a space of, you know, over the next few weeks. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, you know, 
Please stay in that high vibration space. Just, just marvel at the magic of the world. Thank you so much, Pam. As always, an absolute pleasure. And I hope we get to do this again sometime in 2022. Ciao for now. Fantastic. Farewell. Yeah. Bye so much, David. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There was John Lennon that said, a dream you dream alone is only a dream. A dream you dream together is a reality. the worldwide organization playing for change so you heard people there from brazil america nepal kali malawi nigeria 
all doing their little bit to put together to bring the whole song together. I've just come up on Facebook that there's a group in New Zealand um, of Maori artists who are doing the same thing. So well done, Kia Kaha guys. This is Loving Touch from Medwin Goodall. within Kakite Shalom Namaste Masalam May our God go with you
Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.